You are listening to the Compliance Conversations podcast by Healthicity. If you work in the healthcare industry, you know how crucial compliance is to your bottom line, your reputation, and the success of your organization as a whole. If this is your first time listening, welcome. A transcript of every Compliance Conversations episode can be found at www.healthicity.com resources, along with a ton of other thought leadership materials. You can add us to your RSS feed and iTunes, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Now, let's get on with the show. Compliance Conversations is sponsored by Healthicity. Healthicity designs software and services that simplify compliance and auditing challenges that reduce your risk and save you money. Where others see complexity, we see simplicity. For more information, visit healthicity.com. Hi, everybody. This is CJ Wolf from Healthicity. I am Healthicity's uh, Senior Compliance Executive, and welcome to another episode of Compliance Conversations. I am live from Anaheim, California. I'm at the AAPC's uh, regional conference where I'll be speaking, and we are going to be recording a, a broadcast for you. Hope that you uh, enjoy this broadcast. We think it's a, a good topic and a timely one. And today, our guest is Brooklyn Trumpy. Welcome, Brooklyn. Hi, thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for, for taking some time. And uh, when I was speaking with Brooklyn and communicating with her, uh, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, um, you know, we talked a little bit about um, what it's like to be new in compliance. So that's what we're going to uh, talk a little bit about today. But before we get into some of that discussion, I wanted to give Brooklyn just a chance to give her a little bit of her background, where she coming from professionally. Uh, Brooklyn, would you mind taking a minute to share a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I actually graduated from college as an adult um, in 2009 with a degree in operations management. So I'm still not exactly sure what squiggly line got me into compliance, uh, but it's been kind of an interesting ride. Um, <clears throat> I've worked in healthcare since graduating. I was actually worked in the lab for 10 years before I graduated from school. Um, and I've jumped from uh, mostly careers or, or jobs as uh, analysts. So I worked with Epic um, with UW Hospitals, and I also worked with Epic at uh, Rockford Health System and also did a stint in project management um, for a dairy company that I worked for. Um, so I kind of have been a little bit all over the place, and then five years ago took the role with community health systems working with their systems, um, and so somehow jumped into that role and made my way up into the compliance officer role about a year and a half to two years ago. Yeah, thank you. You know, you mentioned this, the squiggly line, uh, how you get there. I don't think any of us really um, plans a career in compliance. I don't, you know, I grow up thinking I'm going to be a, a fireman or Policeman or something. I want to. I want to. I want to grow up and be a compliance officer. It's kind of a strange thing. And um, I think what's interesting about compliance, at least you know, in the many years I've been doing compliance, is I meet people from a lot of different backgrounds. So I am always curious about you know what brought people on their path to compliance and what interests them and those sorts of things. You have great background with um, an analyst, project management. Those are all great skills for a compliance officer, but what do you think, you know, attracts professionals from all these different backgrounds? I've seen people from health, from uh, clinical, right? I come a little bit more from the clinical background. I see people from a legal background, from a financial and auditing background. You know, you got operations and, and project management. 
so all these different backgrounds, what do you think attracts people to compliance uh, from all these different backgrounds? In your they're more so than their uh, background. It's more of a personality type that draws folks towards compliance. I mean, we're, we're the rule followers, right? We see things in black and white. We want to find clarity where there's muddled waters. Um, <clears throat> we're the kind of people that, that like that, those, those lines. Um, to, we like all our ducks in a row. <laughs> and I think, yeah. I think uh, those type A personalities get very attracted to compliance because we feel like there's, it's more organized chaos. Um, we have, we have those lines in place. So that's kind of an interesting, and you know, I was the oldest of five kids, so I'm used to bossing everybody around already. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that is such a good point. It's more personality. And I think I agree with you because just, you know, the fact that we all come from these different backgrounds, obviously it's not a background that makes it work. Um, It can be many different backgrounds that make it work. And I think you're right. It's personality types. We like these, like that clarity. But, you know, there's a lot in compliance that's not always clear. I wonder if that uh, frustrates some of the personality types that kind of like those, those black and white lines. Um, you mentioned organized chaos because it is a little bit of that. But how do, how do you think we, those personality types kind of reconcile the, we like the order and the, the clarity, but some of this chaotic. Uh, but I think that's where it becomes our role to provide order to that clarity. So there are or clarity to that chaos, right? So there are always going to be laws that are fuzzy or that overlap other other rules that are coming from other regulatory agencies. And our role is to take all of those different pieces and put them together and create something that makes it easy for everybody else to follow. Um, and so if we're able to pull those pieces together and say, okay, this this is where the black is, this is where the white is, you know, this is where we fall on this side of the line. Um, it makes it easier for all of our employees to be able to do the right thing because it's not so icky as to what the right thing is. Um, and most yeah. people, I mean, I feel like the majority of our employees are really very, they want to do the right thing. They just don't always know what that is. So if you can give them that, that clarity, it makes, makes a big difference for them. Oh, that is so true. I was just talking to somebody the other day about compliance, and they asked me, well, what do you like about it? Because it seems so strange to like being in a career of compliance. And I told them exactly what you just said. I love to teach, and I love taking complex things and trying to make it simple for people. And I kind of explained my answer, you know, from a clinical background. I, I know what the doctors are doing and how busy they are, and, you know, the mission of most healthcare organizations is to provide some sort of excellent, affordable care for patients. And doctors didn't go to medical school to, you know, learn all these compliance rules. So I try to do what you just said, try to take something complex and provide clarity for people who want to do the right thing. They just know that, you know, there's all these rules and regulations, and it's not always easy to sift through that. And if we could sift through it and pick out the pertinent pieces, we can provide training or guidance uh, in a more clear way. I find that very satisfying. And I agree with that. We, um, over the recent years have uh, implemented some encrypted emails and, and different things to help our employees be able to communicate better with other organizations. And I know it was really difficult for them for a while because we had only like two users throughout our entire organization that could send encrypted emails. 
they were constantly having to evaluate, do I need to send this in an encrypted manner? Do I send this just normal? Does it matter? Is the, the information in there, you know, does it need to be secured? And, and they had to go through this whole thought process every time. Um, and it was right. very frustrating for them because they didn't always know the right way to do things. Now, one, our email will automatically encrypt if there's certain pieces of information in it so they're, they're, they have backup protection, but they also can just right. take care of themselves and they're done. It, it, it's all about making it easier for our end users and so that they don't have to know all of these sticky compliance pieces. They just know, if I do this, it'll be fine. Yeah, oh, that's so great. I love the way you put that. Um, so, you know, you're coming from, you're obviously well-trained, well-educated in, in other kind of areas, and you, you're relatively new compliance. You've mentioned the last couple of years, I think, as compliance officer. Kind of with that perspective of having worked professionally for a while, kind of in a newer role, you know, what are some of the top challenges, do you think, for someone that might just be two years behind you? So they've been working, you know, professionally in other fields, and they've proven themselves with great skills, and so they've been asked uh, to take on compliance, usually, because no one else usually wants it. Um, <laughs> but people recognize that that person has skills but they're new to the field of compliance. What kind of top challenges did you face or do you think people in that um, those circumstances face? Um, I think there's a few. The, the biggest issue or biggest challenge that I faced when I was first starting out was trying to reconcile all of the different regulatory agencies, all of the different pieces of, of uh, compliance that we needed to meet and making them work together um, because some of them just don't fit. You've got, you know, right. one one organization that tells you you need to do things this way. You have somebody else that says, well, you need to do them that way, but you also need to do X, Y, and Z. And you've got somebody else up here saying, well, kind of, but don't do X and Y this way. Do it this way. You know, and nobody tells you how to do it. They just tell you what you need to do. Right. <laughs> so, Trying right. to pull all of those different regulatory agencies, all of those different pieces together and fit them and meld them into something that's actionable um, is, is really difficult. Um, it's also, I think, the other big thing for me was always that you, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and so exactly. there's that thing where someone, someone comes and says, oh, well, are you doing this? Because this is what this is supposed to be. And you look and go, oh. I didn't even know I, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I had exactly. no idea I was supposed to be following this because I I never seen any information about it, and and to not feel uh, like you're doing a terrible job and those things come up. That comes up for everybody yeah. in every in every path that you walk. You're going to have things that you just don't know, and you're going to be learning new things every day. And and it's okay, and you'll get there at some point, And you're never going to know all of. This. All of the things. Uh, there's, there's nobody that knows all of the things. So, okay. Yep, that's right. That's right. And, you know, the other thing I think is that, um, and I've hopped around a little bit in compliance roles, it's, even, it's not even the same at a new organization because, you know, mm -hmm. for example, if you go from one state, uh, I remember I was at one organization in the state of Utah and went to Texas, um, though a lot of the billing and compliance rules that I was responsible for um, were similar at like the excuse me at the federal or national level. At the state level, they were completely different. You might have a Medicaid agency that interprets something different and has different uh, policies or rules. And so I just remember, even though I felt comfortable in certain things, there was there was new 
information to learn, like you were saying, these competing uh, agencies and reconciling the priority, which one's top priority. Sometimes it's all equal priorities. You have to kind of make them all work. Um, I kind of think that's part of what's fun about compliance is learning that new body of language or body of knowledge. Uh, you have a big old puzzle that you get put together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's and it really is satisfying when you can kind of get some of those pieces to fit. I think that's cool. Um, any other challenges that you can think of? Um, uh, yeah, I mean everything. <laughs> um, every, just making connections and being able to find the people that are supposed to be there to help you out, that can be challenging sometimes because uh, trying to call trying to call anybody at CMS, trying to call HRSA and, and get in touch with the right person at any of those organizations yeah. can be a, yep. a real difficulty at times. Um, so yeah. if you've got people that, that already have made those inroads for you, that's really helpful if you can reach out to them. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely a, an interesting field to jump into. Um, organizing yeah. everything that you're working on is, and being reminded, okay, yes, I've got to be able to, I have to remember that in three months from now, I need to check on this again and I need to make sure we're still good. Um, I need to exactly. check to make sure our board composition is correct every, you know, six months or however frequently your organization chooses to do that. And that's, that's the other piece too, is there's no, um, when it comes to audits and, and looking at yourself internally and making sure that you're doing things the way that you should be, there's nobody saying you should look internally every three months and make sure that you're really meeting this. So, for instance, right. board composition, I set up something saying, okay, I want to check this every six months just to make sure that we are still, you know, that all of our board members have been seen within the past two years and that we're still in compliance with our board composition. Um, yeah. But I never really had a way to, I mean, I set up a task and outlook to make sure that I was checking that. But there was no great way for me to go through all of my line items and make sure everything was checked off. Until now, and now I'm much happier, but <laughs> but it's, it's a challenge. And to try and keep yeah. track of all of that is difficult. I remember one challenge, too, that, that and I've talked to some other people, that when they're relatively new in compliance or maybe in a new organization, um, people are testing the waters with you. So um, internally I'm talking about now. So there's obviously these external pressures with agency enforcement. But just internally, um, you know, oh, here's this person. Are they going to, you know, be cooperative? Are they going to be uh, no? Are they just going to be a hall monitor? And so kind of setting that expectation and earning your reputation Hopefully, as somebody who's cooperative in the business, not trying to put the business uh, on halt, um, but rather guiding people through complex regulations, but also taking a stand if you need to. I, I just always remember in almost every organization I've worked in, that first time that I had to take a real stand, um, you, know, you can't, can't make everything a huge battle, but there are times when you just have to take a stand. And... Um, so that I always found a little challenging. Yeah, and it can be an uncomfortable position to be in, um, especially yeah. when you know if, if you're trying to stand up against someone who is higher up in the organization, and um, and you're saying something that's very unpopular with them. Um, but for the most part, I think it, you know as long as you can 
say what you need to say in a, a calm and collected manner and say, this is, this is why I feel this way. This is what the law says. This is where I'm fighting on this line. And this why, um, then people are generally pretty responsive to that. Um, it's also, you know, being able to take those stands when you need to, but being approachable enough that people will bring you concerns and not be afraid of, uh, you know, of getting in trouble, so to speak. Um, and so we've had some of those issues come up um, lately, and it's been really, uh, it felt really nice to me because we have people that will come to me with concerns and say, we have this going on. I feel like this probably isn't quite the way this should be handled. Um, can you help us? And instead of me saying, uh, yeah, no, you're all, you know, being written up for this. It's, okay, exactly. let's, let's work together. You're right. This is not the way that we should be doing this. So let's figure out quickly a way to make this so that it, it is within compliance. We're, we're in the, in, you know, doing things by the regulations and, and then, um, you know, write this up so we've got it all documented so we know that going forward, this is how this is going to work. And, yeah. and I think we've had people that have been really responsive to that. And I think it's just like, you know, any, any risk management types of things that you come, up, come upon, too, if people aren't willing to talk to anyone about it because they're afraid of, of getting into trouble, um, you're, you're going to end up with, with safety risks that you don't even know you have. Um, right. So you've got to keep those doors of communication open. Yeah, you know, what you just described, I think, yeah, and you said it there at the end, is you've described one of those seven elements of an effective compliance program, which is open communication. When people trust you enough um, that they can bring you things, you know, it's always important to have, like, an anonymous hotline. But I always found that it a measure of progress when people are bringing them to you personally, uh, bringing you issues. That means just starting to trust you, and just like you said, you're there to help them find a solution and not always write somebody up. Of course, if there's obviously major violations, you have disciplinary actions, those sorts of things. But but what you just described, I think, is an effective communication pattern. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah. One other thing that I wanted to ask you. So now we kind of asked what some of those challenges were. Now that you are a couple years into this as a compliance officer. Um, having come from, you know, other professional backgrounds, what advice would you give somebody that you wish you had received at the time, you know, maybe two years ago? I mean, what things, what two or three things, if there are that many, uh, as, as, as advice <clears throat> that would have really helped you? Um, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of professional organizations out there. There's, I feel like there's almost too much information. Um, so you can go and do research on things and you'll find... 50 different resources to, to look at. Um, and I actually, sadly, I'm a little disappointed in myself, but I found that the best way, so like, for instance, the, the HIPAA guidelines um, that everybody right. needs to follow, I actually go back to the letter of the law. I don't go to other people anymore um, because yeah. there's so many different ways to interpret things that if, I, um, if I'm trying to figure something out, I am always going right back to the actual laws in front of me because then I know that I'm following what it says. And yes, there might be some interpretive gu guidance that says something, you know, whatever, but right. generally what I'm finding isn't, isn't from the lawmakers themselves, it's from Joe Schmo who, you know, knows what he's talking about, kind of, but, but I like to have right. that, that actual law sitting down in front of me. The other piece is yeah. that 
you have to um, to make those those connections, those professional organizations who really do have a lot of information. Um, for instance, I'm I work with um, HIPAA, the HIPAA Collaborative of Wisconsin, and they pull together okay. all of that information, um, both the state and federal regulations, and um, and give you a lot of um, a lot of information about you know policy templates and um, and other sorts of resources to help you to get everything together in your organization. And there's things that there are um, certain organizations like that all over um, that will help with certain pieces of regulation. So it's, it's finding those connections and those, those organizations that are really beneficial and can help, uh, can help you to pull all of that information into a more usable format. Um, yeah. And then going back to the actual legislation itself and saying, okay, what, what does it say exactly? <laughs> and yep. sometimes that helps you to lean one way or the other in a decision that you need to make. Yeah, that is such great advice because, I, especially going back to the legislation, because frequently I've been in meetings where people say, I want to see what the law says or I want to see what the regulation says. So it's probably yeah. a good place to start there anyway because if you're, if, I mean, it's good. I think it's good to get other people's take and perspective, but maybe that's when I get that from people mainly so that I'm looking at both sides of something, so that I'm not missing something. Um, yeah. So I'd like to kind of get all these, uh, you know, sometimes varying opinions. I just don't take those opinions as, as the letter of the law, but I use them to say, okay, maybe this is what they're getting at. And then, like you just said, you go back to the, the law, the regulation. That's usually what you're going to be asked to, to be uh, interpreting anyway. So that, that's well, great. And, and go ahead. Um, when you look at who we're working with, we're working in healthcare. They're used to evidence-based practice. Like you back up whatever opinion you have with facts, and so yeah. they really respond well to like if I can if I can copy paste a bit of legislation into the email that I'm sending out or into you know whatever document I'm I'm putting together for them, it's much more meaningful, and they understand and they say, oh, this isn't just our compliance officer making stuff up again. She's actually, so you know, true. quoting the the law that that is in place, and I think that's really um, that's been really beneficial, especially when it comes to the provider level. I have I have a dentist that specifically requested yeah. the legislation from me in the past. He said, "I want to see where it says that." I don't. I've never heard that, and I was able to pull it out and say, "Look, this is exactly what it says." And he said, "Oh." Fine, you know, and exactly. then but then he was able. He was more willing to work with me um, on on that item because he knew that I I wasn't just making it up. I really do have, you know, a paper that's telling me, hey, we've got to do this. Um, exactly. And, and then he was much more more agreeable. So. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great point. Um, and I'm glad you brought up on that other point, uh, HIPAA cow. You know, I know it's. It's a specific to Wisconsin, but a lot of it is applicable because a lot of it's federal. Um, I know a lot of people who've used that as a great uh, starting point and reference point. That's just a great example of of the resources that are out there. Um, so I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I also um, rely a lot on some other professional organizations, and they can be really helpful. Again, not that you just take what they say as as the final answer, but at least it can sometimes help you from recreating the wheel. If it's already, if somebody's already worked through a lot of this, maybe you can take some of that information that's 80% or 90% and then you can, you can adjust the rest uh, specific to your state or organization. So, 
appreciate you mentioning that. Um, well, this has been a great conversation. I um, really appreciate your time. I wanted to see if you have any last-minute parting thoughts or, or comments on this topic. I think it's refreshing because a lot of our listeners, I think, are in a similar situation, and it's great to hear from somebody making it work. And I think just the moral support, knowing that people are doing it and they're relatively new. I just get calls from people all the time that say, look, I'm an expert in finance or I'm an expert in this or that, but I've you know, gotten this new job as compliance officer. And I usually tell them, well, that, first of all, congratulations, because that means the people around you respect you and know that you can take a complex thing and make it work. Um, that doesn't necessarily make them feel better, but because they've done <laughs> such a good job in, in one area, now they're being asked to do a good job in another. So I, I think it's a compliment most of the time. Um, but do you have any last-minute parting thoughts for those type of people who might be listening to this podcast? Um, just that I think, you know, as, as a compliance team, all of us together, um, it really is, I think everybody goes about compliance a little bit differently, and it really is based on, because we're all coming from these different backgrounds, um, you know, I, I come from kind of an IS background. I know some, some of the compliance professionals come from more of a finance background, um, and I lean more on my finance director to do the compliance pieces on the finance side because I don't have that knowledge. Right. Um, on the IT side, IS side, yeah, I, I work with our IT team and, and do those pieces, but we're all kind of doing different pieces of the same job. Um, That's right. And just, you know, being able to reach out to one another and having that really great community of people to lean on if you don't know the answer is probably the the most beneficial thing that you can do. Um, Being able to have uh, people that can come to you and that you can come to is phenomenal. And coming from, I work for an FQHC um, Coming from an FQ where we wear multiple hats, so I'm not only doing compliance, but I still do. I still manage our IS. I still manage our IT. I still do quality pieces. I'm still pulling all of our reporting. Um, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Um, don't don't let yourself do that. You, you can still only do one thing at a time, <laughs> and yes. eventually, you know, eventually it will all get done. But there's always going to be more on top of it. So, um, you know, just. Do the best that you can with what you have and reach out to the resources that you have. And that, yeah. I think, as a, as a new compliance professional, is how to get through. Yeah, well, great advice, Brooklyn. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you yeah, for all of our you. listeners. Yes, we really appreciate it, Brooklyn. And um, uh, thanks to our listeners for listening to another episode. Um, and stay tuned. We'll talk again in our next episode of Compliance Conversations. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. Compliance Conversations is sponsored by Healthicity. Healthicity designs software and services that simplify compliance and auditing challenges that reduce your risk and save you money. Where others see complexity, we see simplicity. For more information, visit healthicity.com.